Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Cigar Store Idiots. I, of course, am Rob. I got Tyler with me. Tyler? How's it going, everybody? Andrew, how's it going? Hello, everyone. Very good. All right, good. And our special guest tonight, a really good friend of mine, dear friend of mine for a long time, Mitchell Jolly. Mitchell Jolly's in the house. What's oh, up, guys? Hello, Mr. Jolly. Hey, thanks for letting man, me be here. Man, we are we're excited have, about it. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And, of course, we got Chief. Chief's in the house. Always. Chief's got a little friend. Uh, hanging out with him tonight. Uh, we'll take a picture, put that on social media, and you'll see uh, yep. who Chief's hanging out with, and uh, he's excited about. Might tomorrow. get into that a little we'll bit get into tomorrow. That a little bit tomorrow. So absolutely. So it's good to see everybody. I'm glad everybody's uh, uh, looking happy and healthy uh, tonight. I thought he was about to say looking good. Hold up there. Okay. All right. I'll, 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 I digress. <laughs> hey, I digress. Hey, so, we're looking good. That's right. We are. All right. So so everybody knows football season is in full swing now. We got uh college has got a first weekend under belt. Uh NFL's got the first weekend under belt. Uh SEC starting next week, I believe what Andrew the 26th, is that correct? Yes. Okay. So a little later than normal, but we're we're still going to make it happen. So the real football starts. Real football starts next weekend, yeah. guys. Uh, the one everybody else watches. And uh everybody's daddy. I saw I saw today uh the Pac-12 and looks like the Big 10 are actually going to ha- try to put a season together. So um, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's long overdue, maybe a little late in the game for those guys to get their programs rolling to be uh significant, but, uh, well, I'm it. happy for the athletes. I yeah, mean, so am I. That, that's what they went to school for. Let's face it. It must have been go to school to get education. No, you know, no, they, let's, let's just be honest about it. And you got to take a look too. Uh, they're really not relevant during the regular season right. anyways. Right. Yeah. So, so it's got to be business as usual for those guys. I, and, <laughs> and, and I'm happy for those, for the athletes and for their parents. I mean, you know, yeah, I don't, I could, care, work. I could care less about UCLA and USC, right. but they do. Yeah. They, you absolutely. Know? Yeah. It, I think those guys wanted to be relevant by setting the trend to think, Oh, we're going to cancel the season. We're getting out front of this thing and realized. Uh-oh. Man, we look so stupid right now. <laughs> We're stupid. <laughs> Everybody else uh, paid attention to the science. Right. Yeah. Getting football season in, and they realize, man, we're by ourselves, and they're having to jump in late. Pops down in the southeast, is they're going to play, and we can either watch them every weekend or we can play too. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you're talking about millions and hundreds of millions of dollars being lost, uh, you know, with these with these programs setting out like that. And, uh, right. I don't know anybody's in a position to turn on a hundred million dollars a year and 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 survive the next year. I kind of love what Spurrier said in typical Spurrier fashion. Well, they, you know they ought to just play the SEC and the ACC and have the two champions play for a national championship because that, that's the only place they're going to come a national championship anyway. Yeah, it's the truth. It is the truth. It's the truth. Yeah. It's going to be the SEC winner and Clemson. That's it. It's it's because uh, Clemson plays nobody. Yeah, the sorry sk- Clemson fans, but yeah. you played nobody. Now let's say sorry FSU fans because you you lost to Georgia Tech last weekend. That's also awesome. so pretty pretty great. That's, yeah. <laughs> hey, if an eight and O Ohio State team gets into the college football playoff over a say nine and one SEC runner up, right? I'm gonna flip my lid. Yeah. Well, you know, you're not you're, you're you're not you're not going to get any sympathy from an Auburn fan because we went undefeated and didn't get get in. So right. I could you're not going to get any sympathy from a one loss team from any Auburn right. fan. I can assure you. Not that I'm still sore about 2004. Right. I mean, right? Yeah, dude, that I mean, SEC West is a gauntlet. It's terrible. That's, it is, that is terrible. It is. Terrible. Nobody's it's terrible gonna, in a good way. It's fun every weekend, but it's 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 rough. But it's, it's rough. you know it's fun. Yeah, when you win it. 
stick your chest out. Yeah. That's right. And say, bring on who's ever in the East. But, yeah. you know, we've done that and didn't get beat by Georgia. So, you know, you feel good about it, but it didn't always work out your way. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we've we've felt that a lot. We did, things didn't work out our way. <laughs> right. I mean, maybe for about twenty some odd years now. There's an awful so. lot of jaded Georgia Falcons, Hawks, Braves fans where our expectation is something. Can we even throw the United wrong. in there yet after last year's debacle? Oh, you, oh. I, mean, I guess we can. Well, yes. they're not they're not good this year. Yeah, I just not. saw they lost to Nashville. Terrible. Are they still playing? Is that still going yes, on? Yes, I don't know. I love soccer. No no offense to anybody. Tyler, you brought up to me something about Georgia's sweet new uniforms. What, what did you say about that? I play Madden sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Not much input on football. <laughs> I would probably have said, I play NCAA sometimes. <laughs> you know, no, you tell me about the Georgia jerseys, the throwbacks they're coming back with. That they're was, pretty sweet. They're sweet. White they're jerseys, sweet. red pants. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Going back to 1980 days. Uh, because we, we, we can't give that up. There you go. 1980, we can't give it up. 40 well, years. Four, it's the 40-year anniversary. Suffering. 40 you know, years it suffering. It is what it is, you know. Andrew, how do you feel about the... Uh, the- I, as long as as long as you have a jersey that you've worn before, don't give me a blackout game. Uh, don't give me a new jersey. Uh, a new jersey, not new jersey. Uh, because uh, we have good uniforms in the SEC. We're not uh, Oregon. We, we need to stick with what we got. See, right. Andy, there, I'll argue with you because... I despise the New Jersey, the, the, the Jersey changes. Though I don't watch football, I've played my fair share of Madden here and there. Um, I always mixed up the jerseys as much as I could, you know, get some crazy colors going in there. So, I'm all for it. Yeah, but I'm an old guy, and I'm all about the tradition. And I, and I think, you know, you never see Alabama, uh, and I'm an Armour fan, so I don't, I'm not showing much love to Alabama, but... You never see Alabama changing their uniforms. You know why? Because they're iconic. Yeah. Uh, luckily, Auburn never has, and Georgia hasn't much. They did a they did a a blackout once or twice, and then they did. I think uh, it was. I think it was called the funeral after that. Well, <laughs> we had, well, we well, well. One one you did, and then one time you you know stomped Auburn pretty good in a blackout. Yeah. But uh, I'm not for it, man. Yeah. I think I think you know Georgia, and I'm like I said, I'm an Auburn fan, but. Uh, Georgia's got some great uniforms. Stick with it. Yeah, you got no reason to change it. And on a side note, uh, every time you say New Jersey, I had to hold myself down from fist pumping. I know, right? but Jersey Shore, I got excited, you know. But I know I sound like you know, get off my lawn. I was over here greasing my hair back, throwing hand up. I was getting excited. Yeah, I so. get it. I know I sound like the old man. Don't change my jersey. But, <laughs> but uh, man, we got good jerseys, man. Let yeah. let them be. I agree. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Well. Again, like I said, I was excited to get uh, Mitchell on the show. Uh, we, we're back in the studio tonight. Got Mitch in. Got got off the road a little bit. Uh, and Mitchell and I have been good friends for a long time. We went to high school together. Right. And uh, actually, my very first job I ever had working <laughs> at the big Chick Fil A in River, River Bend Mall. Mall. Dude, yeah, that and, was the uh, Chick Fil A. That was the that was the only Chick Fil A. Right. I, used to, I used to deliver water to Martin's right there, and I used to stop and talk to him. I don't know if you remember that, but I used yeah. to stop and talk to Mitchell when I would deliver water to. Uh, Martin's wasn't that the suit yeah. company there? It yeah. was. Yeah yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I used to stop and talk to him, and uh, yeah, well, so I've known I've known Mr. for a long time. I, I remember, yeah. yeah, Martin's too. Like I'd I'd work my work my can off at of Chick Fil A, my big uh, four fifteen an hour job at Chick Fil A. <laughs> take my two week paycheck down to Martin's, my sixty eight dollar paycheck, and buy me a sixty three dollar Calvin Klein button up shirt, dude. Yeah, to go hawk the ladies for the weekend, you know. So that's looking kinda, fly to go cruising I, no, mall parking lot. Cruising, man. no man. If you want to talk about cruising, we went to Cedar Town. Ooh. We did the Loop. Yeah, Cedar the loop. Vegas. Yeah. It was yeah. Crystal. Cedar Vegas, baby. <laughs> it's yeah, great. It was crystal, and then somewhere down on the South End. Oh yeah. my! I'm, I'm pretty sure I might have passed Sam Hunt. 
every once in a while I'm sure. in the car. So, I'm you sure. know, it's just the way it was. Well, Mitchell, uh, good times at Chick-fil-A. We used to have a ball there. We had a great crew. I always tell people that uh, I've worked for a lot of different places, and i work worked for some big corporations. And uh, honestly, honest to God, Chick-fil-A is probably the best company I ever worked for. Uh, just as far as how they care for their people right. uh, and the people that they brought in uh, to work. I, I mean, I have lifelong friends from Chick-fil-A. Yep. Uh, I really do. And I still talk to those guys on a good bit, on a, on a, on a you know, a pretty good bit on, on social media and stuff. So it was a blast. We man. had the best time. It was so. a good time. Not a better drive through in the country. Not, no, not at all. It could be 80 cars and it's going to be eight minutes. They've got it down to a science. Give them the Rona. They yeah. get it figured out. No yeah. kidding, right? Yeah. <laughs> Give them the national debt. Yes. <laughs> They got it figured out, yeah. but I, but I know it's funny. Uh, one, of, I had several different things I could talk to about. Uh, you know, you know, when you're Chick Fil A, can but, we uh, get into some Chick Fil A yeah, stories? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I got. I got a couple of doozies. <laughs> Please, I Mitch. remember a particular Christmas present. Oh, you yes. received. yeah. So I'll get into that now. Our fir- <laughs> the first, the first manager I had, uh, it was Jack. Jack was the first manager, and then, yep. and then Jack went on to the Dwarf House, and we had another guy come in and his wife. Uh, now, Stan. Stan and Jackie. Yep, Jackie. Jackie Yeah, Hoagie, that's right. Now, let it be known that I was probably the guy at Chick-fil-A that probably was not being haved like everybody else. So I always had weekend stories when I would come to work. And uh, and, uh, I was probably the only guy that would sit in the back and wash dishes and listen to Tool, (laughs) which is probably frowned upon if if anybody really knew that was going on. But but I remember... uh, I, Kathy didn't appreciate that. He probably would have. He had a Harley. He probably would have jammed it. Yeah. But, oh, but I'm sure it would have been all over the. I never forget. Uh, I had Stan and Jackie had just started uh, started there, uh, started working there, and we got we were all getting to know each other and stuff. A lot of you guys had left and went to the dwarf house. So I, was, I stayed. You stayed. Man. Yeah, I was a loyal. lot. Of, a lot of folks left, and I was sad. But uh, but I remember. Do you remember when <laughs> I came into work one day? And uh, there was pamphlets uh, on the on the on the cork board for uh, for uh, what was it having protected having protective sex and STDs. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I had to, and I was like, those are totally <laughs> those are for me. Where, where were these pamphlets? <laughs> this, this was in, in the little. Did, did you feel like area. that was targeted? Yeah, I was oh. targeted. Uh, oh, yeah. I totally was targeted. But I, I laughed because <laughs> of the time clock. Yeah, it was. I'm not even kidding. But, but yeah, but no. One of the one of the better stories I had, and uh, we uh, we used to sell uh, barbecue chicken, chicken cube, chicken cube. I don't know why oh, they got rid of it. Yeah. It was great. But uh, but I remember I was bringing the chicken cube up front. We had it in the back, and I was bringing it up. So I I used to walk with a cane, so I had it in one hand. I'm holding it, you know, and I'm trying to walk up there to bring it, and uh, and the little thing slips, and it's like literally burning my knuckles clean off my hand, like so, like a a hot coffee, a hot coffee mug, yeah. dude. I, hot coffee. Let me tell you, hot coffee in the morning gets I, me going. Listen. <laughs> I threw that thing a barbecue chicken. <laughs> do you remember? I it, do, man. It hit the, it hit the ground. Yes. Like, and it exploded up the wall. <laughs> there, was a, there, was, there was a window in the door that you walk out. It was like kind of like a crime scene. Like It splattered barbecue chicken on it. And so I'm standing uh, there. I'm holding my knuckles. Kendall's laughing at me. Right. And then this lady that worked with us, she didn't work with me. It was a very long buster heart. She comes walking around the corner, and she's got uh, nuggets in the basket where she's about to take them to drop them in the fryer. Yeah. And she's that's face first like she's sliding into home. Oh, <laughs> she's God. sliding into home and like uh, she doesn't drop a chicken nugget and they, she saves them all and Kendall comes out of the that's and goes, God's chicken she you goes, can't drop it look, Kendall comes out and goes 
She's safe. Like, she's oh. there. She leaves a basket laying on the ground. I'm, I'm like leaned against the wall laughing, covered in barbecue chicken. There's chicken there. And then she, I, she, he upset her really bad. I think she laughed for the rest of the day. It's all Kendall's and, fault. And, and then another great oh. thing was, uh, Mitch taught me, they used to sell, uh, we sold breakfast. Of course, we had breakfast biscuits over there. And, uh, Bacon, like Mitch showed me how to cook the bacon in the fryer. In the fryer, dude. Yes. There's no better way to eat no, bacon. No. If you're not eating your bacon fried, uh, your yeah. body's thanking you, but you're doing your service. <laughs> right. You to have to cook enough bacon at home to get enough grease to deep fry it. Yeah. But at the store, you just you drop, drop it, it in, in the fryer. It was it was beautiful. It was really beautiful. yeah. Yeah, that's the way Man. to go. Yeah, and I have a confession too. We know when uh, we used to work on, back when you prepare the food, it's called they call it boards. Yep. And so we'd have a meeting, and and I remember, sorry, Jack, I know you're probably going to listen to this, and you would say, if you drop a nugget on the ground or you eat one off the clock off your break, you're costing the company twenty five cents. And I was like, Psh, man, I just put us in the hole by about eight bucks <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> I would eat something, man. I couldn't help it, and I, I love them to this day. Man, you know, the nuggets are it was great. Yep, it was great. Bubba Kathy. Um, I didn't know who Bubba Kathy was. I knew who Truett was. And so I came in, come on my shift. So I was always like 4.30 to close. Mm-hmm. So I come back there, and there's this little short guy in a shirt and tie. And I'm here, we got a new team leader. Who's this guy? Yeah. So I walk up and say, hey, man, what's up? What's your name? <laughs> and he goes, uh... I'm Bubba Kathy, and I kind of swallowed hard. Like, oh, I was a little cavalier talking to the owner, son. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and I felt, oh, it was bad. And and I kind of slinked down. Yeah. And and he said, it's it's really okay. I said, you didn't know how I was. And he said, it don't matter. I'm back here to to work with you. Yeah. And I had a good time. He was a cool dude, man. But I'm like, hey, what's up, man? Yeah. Hey, what well, you, you know doing? What? That's the thing. Bubba. That's the thing with those people uh, with the Kathys. They not egotistical. Right. Uh, really down to earth. Real. They are real people. Real yeah. people. And every time you see a good story, something good happening that Chick Fil A has been a part of. Uh, you know, whether you believe in their beliefs or not, they're always doing the right thing for people and they're always trying to do, you know, they're always doing the best thing for the community. They are. People, so they've always been that way. So it's hard not to like Chick fil A. No, no doubt. It's hard not to like If you don't like Chick fil A, you're an American, son. Absolutely. There's Chick fil A sitting. Take your flag out of your yard. There's Chick fil A sitting on my uh, counter up there right now. So as soon as this is over. And Chick Fil A grilled chicken sandwich. Chick Fil A should absolutely love my family because we eat there a lot, and uh, we do. And man, I'm like, geez, please. Chick Fil A should cater to the. Is there a porterhouse steak in this sack? It's it's a little pricey, but it's worth it. It's always good, always consistent. So once you work there, I I know. I know, and I know what's in it. Yeah. And there's no shortcut. Nothing. It's real, legitimate, and I, to this day, love it. That what? frosted lemonade. Oh, yeah. Oh. If they had had those when talk we worked there, talk to me. I weigh eight hundred pounds. Yeah, yeah. No, no, let's, no, but they have the diet one. Let's, so let's, it's not quite as let's bad. Tell it, let's, let me tell it. Let me tell the truth on this too. Remember, we break down the ice cream machine. Yes, we would get that big cup and fill it up with ice cream. <laughs> yes, That's it was so good. <laughs> that that is your reward for having to break down the ice cream it was. machine. It's like you get to drink I'm all that good. That. Yeah, I was like, I'm in. I'm in. So. Look, now I know this was a minute ago, but it's funny you bring up the. You know, having safe sex uh, flyers and pamphlets uh, because for some reason at the high school, they thought it'd be a great idea to hand those out to the kids. So uh, they come into my computer class where there was a a, a snack store for all the kids to have. And there's a big bulletin board to the right, the court board, you know, he's got all his schedules and stuff pinned up over there. Uh, Mr. Hosmer was our teacher. So I had the great idea to take our unprotected, like have an unprotected sex and uh, sex awareness uh, posters Sanction. and ads. 
and just pinned it up right there on the court board. Yeah. Uh, right, right, right beside the picture of Harambe that we also posted and stuck up there. But, uh, nice. every time got, somebody would come to buy a snack, they would be reminded, uh, good, I should, to wrap it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty stoked about you having a picture of Harambe on the court. Yeah, board. we did. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Bless Harambe. So. I know it. Well, look, I got, uh, and then, you know, we worked in the, when the river been on, we had the, uh, we had the Aladdin's castle. Oh yeah. And the arcade, man. Oh, yeah. Many a days we spent in there. So I know sometimes we, I'd get off work. I, I think you went over there. Mortal Kombat came out. Yep. And there was the, uh, there, what, what was the first one? He was a, uh, it was not a knight, but he was, he was the first kind of real cartoonish. What, Dragon's Lair? Dragon's Lair! Yes! The cartoon. Yes. Video game, yeah. Yes. I used to stand behind this kid going over there. His name was Dudley. Was it the kid who, who was probably in the sixth grade, but he was 18, and he had a must like a real light mustache? <laughs> Trash dash? Right. And, and he had a stack of quarters on the machine, yes. and he was like a phenom, and nobody wanted to play him. Yeah. yeah. He he ruled the game. Yeah. And yeah it you, was, you couldn't beat him. Yeah. And then they had the guy that worked there. I don't know. I'm not going to say his name, but... uh. He may invite you uh, to uh, get some candy in his van. To check out his Pokemon cards. <laughs> to check cards. out his Pokemon cards in the dash. I don't know. He, uh, he I don't remember him. He, got, he, he didn't got, find me attractive because no, I don't well, remember him. He gave me <laughs> he, I always wonder why he was giving me free tokens. Yeah. <laughs> I never got free tokens. It's That's not all I'm of saying. my shining personality. Let me tell yeah, you. I didn't get free tokens. It's terrible. Okay. I miss <laughs> Morrison's across the way from there, too. Morrison's. Oh, oh God. Morrison's, that, yeah. that was so good back that in the day. Ma- that mall was great. It, it was, was great. great. It was great. It was. And Man, then, like, when arcades were actually a thing, though, like, yeah, do y'all all have a good arcade story or just something about the arcade? Because that's something kids nowadays just... Not one I can tell. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I just I just know that that was, you know, that you came to, you came to Riverbend Mall, and it was, uh, you went to Aladdin's Castle. You went to Chick Fil A, but but the first thing you, you first you thing you did is you went and got your sample of sausage at Hickory Farms. Oh, I don't even remember Hickory Farms being in there. There what? was Hickory Farms. There's the Orange Bowl. That was great. The orange Bowl. Remember the Orange but Hickory Bowl? Hickory Farms. Yeah. You had the old lady outside cooking yeah. the actual sausage, and she'd give you samples of it on a toothpick. Yeah. Oh God. When, okay, samples. Remember that's, that, right? Yeah, I do. Hey. That, that's when Duffy's Deli was in the mall. Okay, that's now, correct. Now look, I, and a movie theater across from it. That's yeah, exactly right. Theater. I saw Star Wars there. I the first one. I met and and Top Gun. I met Rick Camp. That's exactly right. And yes. when when the Bear Bryant movie came out, my dad took me to see the Bear Bryant. I saw it there. And I went to the potty. I was a small child. And I love the Braves, still do. And I looked up and Rick Camp's taking a pee right beside me. There you go. And he's like, Who's this freaking weird kid staring at me while I'm trying to take a pee? And I was yep. like, that's was awesome. Like, I was like, Daddy. That is great. I, I was like the kid off of smoking the band. I was like, Daddy. Th- th- that mall camp. used to be the place, man. The Braves. It was. My sister worked with Pam Cox, Bobby Cox's wife, before. And Bobby met Pam at Belk, in oh, the cosmetic wow. department. That's true. And they were co-workers. Yep. That's awesome. Because they would come up and sign autographs. Yeah. I've had, I got more Del Murphy autographs than I know what to do ah, with. From well, I know what you can do with and, some of them. I actually <laughs> 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 There you go. Yeah, but that's right. I forgot. Bobby Cox did meet his wife there. That's exactly that's right. right. That's right. I do remember that. Crazy. Remember that Elks time? Remember Mall. Remember that time yeah. we were at the Rome Brave Stadium? And uh, Bobby Cox was in the booth up there. Yeah. We saw, you saw him. Yeah. I was too young to know who Bobby Cox yeah. was. So you're like, go get an autograph, you know, go get his attention. Yeah. So I just picked the most Bobby Cox looking dude I could find. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just screaming at him the whole time going, 
Mr. Cox, hey, Mr. Was, Cox, it was not. Can Bobby I get your Cox. autograph? The dude's yeah. just like, yeah, it was not Bobby. It Cox. was not Bobby Cox. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you idiot! No, I'm just kidding. You should have signed it. Just shut you up. Here, here, there you go. That's awesome. <laughs> well, look, I, yep. man, I we can sit here and talk about you know these things forever tonight. But uh, I, there's one main thing I wanted to bring you in. Uh, you and I, uh, we kind of we've we've kept in touch with each other through high school and everything, and I've I've kind of enjoyed watching watching your path and uh and uh watching the way you've you've headed into your life spiritually spiritually mm-hmm. easy for me to say and uh, uh and i've reached <laughs> i've reached out to you a couple of times and asked you you know right. you get some advice on things and stuff like that because i you know sometimes i and me uh, i struggle uh with a spiritual thing uh and i you know just completely honest with it so i always felt comfortable right. to reach out to you and talk to you so i kind of wanted to get into a little bit about how where your life changed what was what was your big aha moment uh, and I'm gonna say that I say that a lot, but I, I mean that. I want to know when I talk sure. to, when I talk to people. I want to know what your aha moment was when you said, "Hey, this is this is the way yeah. I need to be going." And I also want to get into a little bit how you took your faith and you you took your beliefs and it and it's led you to the Middle East right. and some of the things you've done over there. That's right. what I'm excited about. I'm, I'm excited about the Middle East thing. It's cool. uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I'm gonna, I'm gonna that's awesome. I'm gonna turn cool. it over to you, man, and I'm gonna let you have the floor oh, and let's and wow. let's go. Holy cow. Well, thanks, man. Um, it, it's funny. I, I, uh, something most people would never know about me coming through school. Uh, I, I didn't know I had a learning disability until I barely graduated high school from the bottom of my class. I was just glad to get out. And, uh, for whatever reason, I, I enrolled, uh, Georgia Highlands because that's what you're just supposed to do. It's not, it was Floyd Junior College yeah. back in the day. Booger Holler University. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Full right. 13th grade. Yes. Right? That's, that's yes. exactly right. That's what it was. And, and I got in there, um, 18 years old and I had to take remedial classes because I, I couldn't, like, I wasn't up to speed to basically read. And what I discovered was I was dyslexic. Okay. Mm. And so I had a teacher there and, I, 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 her, I remember her name, Nanette Janes was her name. And she and she taught me how to write. She taught me how to actually put a sentence together and put it in a paragraph and put some paragraphs together. And, and the academic gene started kicking. I learned some things, learned how to learned how to overcome that challenge. And in all of that, uh, because we're raised in the South, a lot of Christianity is presupposed. It's just supposed. And, and, and in a lot of ways, it feels like it's inherited and so if you'd asked me, I'd have said, I'm, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Christian. And, and that makes perfect sense when you say that, because we all, I, I, th- I feel like we all, uh, it, it's kind of like when we talked with Brian uh, Blaylock a couple of weeks back, uh, if you are from the South, you know, is your, you're primarily your Southern Baptist uh, talks, right. believings and brought up uh, that way as a child. And that's the way you've, that's the way you know what is, right? you know, how you how you're supposed to look at things. Yeah, that's exactly There's right. There's no other way. And a little off topic now, but uh, the dyslexic thing, you know, I've, I've never been to the doctor to see if I'm dyslexic, but, uh, you know, I can't make it up. Uh, I do enjoy a, a nice cup of cot coffee in the morning. <laughs> so every, I do that every once cot in a while. Cot coffee is, yeah. is the stuff. Yeah, right. every once in a while I do that. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So I, for me, it, it was, uh, uh, for whatever reason, I got roped into going to be a chaperone uh uh, at a church I was attending and, and really there was no reason for me to be attending that, that church. Uh, I grew up in a family that was, that was religious. Um, and I, I even hate to use that word. It kind of feels funny sometimes to me. Um, and so I went, I went for purposes, not, uh, not good. 
uh, and probably shouldn't say what those purposes are. I went for not good purposes. And as I was sitting there listening to this guy, a guy named Louis Giglio, I guess ever I heard do of know his, exactly who that is. You know who that is? I do. He was teaching. That about, guy's awesome. He's awesome. He was teaching on what the Bible calls the justifying work of Christ and and how Jesus and who he was as God, as fully God, fully man, he came and he took on flesh to pay for the sin of the world, and he died in my place for my sin. He was buried, and he rose, and he ascended to the Father to provide salvation for anyone who believed. And it was a supernatural moment because in that moment, on the inside, I was physically hot. I was warm. I started, my my thoughts changed. My attitude changed. My desires shifted, and I felt a transformation take place in me. And I went up to somebody afterward and I said, I have no clue what just happened to me, but what I was here for, I don't want that anymore. And I don't know what to do with this. And the dude said to me, I think, I think you just became a Christian. I'm like, okay, (laughs) that that sounds good. Let's roll with it. Let's roll with it. And I was learning to read. My reading was getting better. And somebody gave me a Bible, a Bible I could read and understand. It wasn't the King, King James version. It was a new international version. So it was in, Modern English. Right. In IV. In IV, baby. And I started reading that sucker. I said, well, I guess if I'm a Christian, I ought to read the book of Christianity and yeah. started reading it through. Took a little reading plan. And I was 20 years old at the time and uh, 47 now. And and from that moment on, I've never been the same. Yeah. Never been the same. Like I, I was, I walked in that building one thing and I came out totally different. Yeah. Right. Never been the same. Ever since. Ever since. Absolutely. Like what I went in there for, I didn't come out with that. I wanted something totally different. And how many times did you walk in there and leave the same? You know, all it takes is yeah. just one. Just the one time. Yeah, just absolutely. one something happens. Yeah, you know? I didn't ask for it. Right. I wasn't looking for it. I was looking for something totally different. And I walked in there and found that Jesus was truly alive. And, and I didn't ask him to change me. He changed me. Mm-hmm. And so, it's almost, yeah. almost like sometimes things find you, right? Yes, absolutely. Right. I love the Chronicles of Narnia, C.S. Lewis. I love C.S. Lewis. And the character Aslan and C.S. Lewis said to one of the characters in the book, you would not have called to me unless I had been calling to you. Yeah. And he called him into Narnia to be part of this adventure. And he said, the reason you called to me is because I was calling into Narnia. That has been my experience. Yeah. He called to me. He took me from death to life. And I have not been the same since. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I can tell you, uh, you know, Brittany and I came and, and to church that day and, and we were there and listen. And the one thing that I liked, uh, the topic that you were talking about, um, and I won't get into all of that, but, uh, but what I liked is when you, you were talking, you weren't really just talking at us. You weren't just making a lot of loud noises and gestures and jumping and hooping and hollering. And it wasn't a show you were teaching me, you know, and, mm. and I can tell you, I've, I've, I've never been to a church and I, and I even told Brittany this, you know, and, and I, and I didn't grow up in church. Okay. And I, and I struggled with finding a place that I could feel comfortable in and, Right. And, uh, and, and as you can see, I, I still was looking, you know, I'm, I'm still looking. So, and I, and I don't attend church like I should, but, uh, but when you were talking, you were teaching me, you were teaching mm-hmm. me something and that drew me in. And that makes, that makes me to be one or more part. And I, and I enjoyed the message that you gave, uh, mm-hmm. and it was a little bit on, uh, what, what, what was the, what is the word that you used? Uh, cultural Christianity, cultural Christianity, yeah, yeah. nominal Christianity. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what I grew up in. It's yeah. it's in name only, right? Yeah. And and there was no difference between what I said and what I did. How how what I said I believed and how I acted. My favorite thing that I think you said was, uh, you know, if you're using if you're using Christ uh, to 
to get a to have a gain. If you're using the name of the yeah. you know using the name of the Father and the Son for a gain, a yeah. personal gain in your life, then that's that's not the yeah. way to do it. Yeah, G- Jesus is not a means to or a my mascot. end. You call yeah. him a mascot. Yeah, he's not it's my perfect. mascot. He's not my means to my end. He is the end. He's yeah. the point. He's yeah. the reward. He's where you need to be. Yeah, absolutely. Man. A lot of people show it off. Yeah, and like look what I got. Yeah, look what's right. on my side. You know, and do not do what they say. Right, and yeah. that—that's part of the hypocritical. The, yeah, absolutely, completely, yeah. and and that—that that is southern, southern, yes, yeah, Christianity, yes, yeah, right? Christianity. Agreed. So, so you come down here, and it's there's a, it's almost. This is controversial to some people, but it's I love Muslims. Work with Muslims. I mm. want Muslims to believe the gospel. Yeah. Um. Uh. And and I have a fairly decent grasp of Muslim theology. They believe you're born a Muslim until until you get corrupted. They would say Christians have been corrupted. Mm. There's a sense to Southern nominal Christianity that's birthright inherited, and it's very Muslim in its theology. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Did you, you go into that. the Muslim wow, theology that's a, a little that's bit? A, that's a that's a that's a that's man, a crazy way to look at it. Look at it but and, and, and I like it, yeah. and I can relate to that. Yeah, uh, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, it starts making sense. It makes sense. You, to, yeah, yeah. you realize, oh gosh, it's something I've kind of inherited. It's my identity. It's not. Yeah, it's not something that I asked for. It's something that I was put in. And this is what you are. Yes, that's right. And it's a cultural identity more than it is uh, a living, thriving relationship with the resurrected, living, triune God of the universe, Jesus. And and, uh, and so it's it's a different animal. It's religious. Yeah, yeah. And it shouldn't, it's more of a way I've always seen it. It's more of a uh, a one-on-one relationship, not religious. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not crazy. You know, you said you're not crazy about that word, and I'm right. crazy about it either. Right, right. Because it's just, I like Bible words. Um, the, one of the things I started doing, I didn't have a reason for doing it. I think, well, I should probably read the Bible through. It makes sense. And so the little plan I use gets me through the Old Testament once a year and the New Testament and the Psalms twice a year. started that when I was 20. I'm 47. So 27 years I've been using that little plan. And so the Old Testament's 27 times through the New Testament Psalms. I can't do math. Dyslexic. So whatever twenty seven times two is is the new. You might know what that is. I'm just as lost as you, man. Yeah, there you go. I have a master's degree and I can't do math. So there you go. Mm. Mass over. That's why they make calculators. That's right. Yes, and we carry one in our pocket all the time now. That's right. That's right. I have to use calculator. Remember when the teacher said you're not going to carry a calculator in your pocket? Here we are now. What's she know? We got a computer in our pocket. What does she know? What is lied? Yeah. All I need to know is how to figure. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot where I heard that. that oh, somebody right. had said. Oh, they that. used to tell us all the time. Yeah, learn how to do it, how well, to work it out, because you're not always going to have a calculator. <laughs> Listen. Uh, so I, I have a <laughs> yes, I, I do. I have a question for you. Ask uh, away. What do you think about? What do you think about? There's certain books that's left out of the Bible, right? Have you read those books? I have. Yeah. What, why do you? What do you think the purpose is and the reason why they were left out of the Bible? Well, you have. Uh, in in the Catholic tradition, they include them in their canon. The canon is the word used to describe the volume of books that are considered authoritative. Mm-hmm. So in the Catholic canon, they include those books, and 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 they're called the apocrypha. That's the ty- that that's that's those books. Uh, when you come to the Reformation, fifteen twenty five, the Protestant Reformation, there were serious questions about their inclusion into the canon based upon authorship, content and continuity with the rest of the canon of Scripture. And so what uh, what the debate began to be around is, is do these books, are they helpful? Uh, 
are they consistent theologically with the rest of the, the Old Testament, and, and and do they fit? And there's considerable debate upon that. And so uh, at the end of the day, uh, there's debate on their inclusion because when you come to the time of Jesus, uh, there is already an established canon, and that would be what we currently have in the Protestant Bible of Genesis to Malachi with no apocryphal books in them whatsoever. When Jesus talked about the Old Testament, He's talking about the books we have in the Protestant canon. And there's extant research. There's tons of historical writing and evidence that the Old Testament canon, as it is now, was the canon Jesus read as the Bible. And those apocryphal books were separate. They weren't unimportant, but they weren't considered. And the the law, the prophets, and the writings are the three categories of the Old Testament. Uh, Torah, Nabi, and the Ketubim. Those are the Hebrew words. And so the apocrypha was not part of it. They were ex, what's considered to be extra biblical, not okay. unimportant, but not considered inspired. Okay. Like, like Maccabees, for instance, like First and Second Maccabees are a historical uh, account of what happened during the Maccabean revolt uh, against um, Antiochus Epiphanes, some of the less leftover rulers of Alexander the Great. So when Alexander died, he had four generals. Those four generals divided the territory into four groups. Antiochus ruled the area of Palestine and they hated him because he was brutal and so they revolted and that was the Maccabees okay yeah and so first and second Maccabees are a historical account of the Maccabean revolt I gotcha okay well yeah. let's you know you talk about the Muslim faith and you talk about you um, you spend a little time with some Muslims I do absolutely you spend, spend a good bit of time with them yeah absolutely and I know you and I talked a little bit about uh, I'd seen some of your pictures where you'd been in the Middle East and yeah. uh, you're you're up on the is it you're just you're like yeah your profile pic yeah yeah yeah, yeah, let's talk about that profile yeah man like that's an old soviet i think it's a t-34 soviet tank it's on the kabul jalalabad highway what got you what got you to that (laughs) point where uh i mean i'm just like right super dangerous lifestyle of mitchell jolly yeah man well you know there's a lot of places i want to go and i don't know if that's one of them (laughs) i mean and i don't yeah it's a cool place man i got yeah, I can imagine. I would but, love to go there if I was safe. How would you? you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you? I agree. Yeah, yeah. How, how do you get? How right. did you get to decide that's where you wanted to do? We uh, when or we why? decided to come back to Rome, uh, we were going to start a church because we wanted to. There are a lot of reasons why we decided to start a church as opposed to join a current church. Nothing wrong with the current churches sure. here. Praise God for them. Uh, we wanted to come at it with a little different bent uh, in our tactics and one of those was i take very seriously when jesus said when he gave us the vision of the church it's, it's we call it the great commission he said go make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father son and the holy spirit and teaching them to observe everything i've commanded you i i, I kind of think he meant that okay if he's god and he's who he said he is and he you told could, me the mission of the church is to go disciple the nations yeah, then you, i should probably go disciple the nation you could not have picked a tougher nation to right. go yeah. and build your church right. no doubt. Is, is, right. was finland not there uh, planes didn't go there uh, or sweden, sweden or, or, i don't think there are any flights to finland right <laughs> <laughs> there are I mean, no flights well in, in in christian missiology missiology the study of of what we call missions great commission work there, there's some science to discovering a volume of Christians in a country. And there's a percentage, you know, there's, there's some numbers that are considered reached. There's a, there's a church present. There's disciples making disciples. So there's a presence of the gospel. And so you'd want to target places where there are no Christians because we've got to disciple the nations. You want to go where there are no Christians. And so we happen to be planning this church when Sept- we're planning the planting of our church when September the 11th happened. Wow. Well, we know the mm. connection between the Taliban 
Yes. Uh, and uh, uh, what's his face? Oh, shoot. Bin Laden. Yeah, Bin Laden. Bin Laden. Why can't I think okay. Bin Laden? And, and what happened as a result of that was Afghanistan opened up. Um, opportunities abounded for NGOs, non-government organizations, to come in and work. And so my spiritual father, Bob Roberts Jr., church we were at in Fort Worth, Texas, or really Keller, Texas, which is a suburb of Fort Worth, Bob taught us how to engage the world. And our strategy is what we call front-door engagement. So we don't go in like... Um, you know, CIA, spiritual CIA agents, smuggling things in, yeah. lying about who we are, fake stuff. It's not the expendables. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not that. It's straight up. Hey, we're Christians and we have vocational skills we can bring to help you. And I've never found a place in the world that if you're honest about who you are and you have a vocational reason to be there, they won't let you be there. There's really? economic sustainability to leadership development, medicine, education, agriculture. Because they don't have it. They don't have it. Right. And if you really care about people and love people, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Right. And you want to love people. I've never found a place that's closed to that. Now, we're clear. We're Christians and we believe that we want to obey Jesus. Um, now, that, you know, can be dangerous. Yes. But you don't hide that. So there's there's something we take for granted here. Right. Is how safe it is to say in this country. Yeah. And it's not safe to say that everywhere. No, it, safety's a myth, right? I, you can step off the porch, fall, break your neck, sever your spinal cord, and die. The whole idea of safety is just a myth, right? I mean, how many people get killed in automo- automobile accidents, right? right? And right here in the good old U.S. of A. So safety's a myth. It's just it just doesn't really exist. And so, man, we we believe that we got to go to hard places. And Bob always told us, man, wherever hell's breaking loose is where you need to be. Now, I have a high risk tolerance, so I'm kind of one of those that's like, eh, that'd be all right. <laughs> Let's get after it. And so September 11th happened. There were friends on the ground who were beginning the work there. They opened the door to an invitation. So we got on a plane and went, and that's where it started. And when you say, you say we, who are, who's we? It was the, uh, one of the founding uh, founding pastors of our church with us. There was a team of three of us. And okay. so uh, we were all working jobs. We are all by, by and tri-vocational Working jobs, edu- I was an educator. He's a real estate guy. And others, insurance agent. So we're just working, and so we rotate. Hey, I'm off. I got some time. Let's go. And so in 2002, when the war's happening, and we're planting, we're working. Yeah. So getting over and really figuring it out. What can we do? What can our people do? What skills can we bring to bear here? And how can we have conversations about Jesus? And that's how it started. Now, when you got when you get there, you're there, and you're obviously like, well, you know, Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore. You're taking right. a look around, and it's just uh, it's right. a whole different world. Right? Um, can you go into was is there any was there any what was a what was a satisfying gratifying moment for you there right. when you when you when something happened and you're just like this is why I'm here this is exactly why I'm supposed to be here right I think for for me one of the most satisfying moments uh, was in 2014. There's a lot of lot of water under the bridge. There's been a lot of hard work and a lot of labor put into that particular country. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah, and it's not the only one. I mean, we've, we've got doors opened in other places around the world, India, um, Turkey. Um, it's just really cool stuff, really, really cool stuff. But uh, uh, getting in a van, as a matter of fact, that picture you're talking about uh, on the College Lullabot Highway sitting on that old Soviet burnout tank, 
I'm in this uh, van. It's it's a dangerous road because it's, you know, it's cobbled to Jalalabad. You know, it's patrolled by bad guys, good guys. And it depends on the day and who's running the road. Depends on what you run into. Yeah. Right. Did we so, discuss exactly where you're at? Yeah. Yeah. So then in Kabul is the capital Kabul, of the city. Okay. And Jalalabad you, is in the east. It's over. I uh, that somehow. Yeah. It's over toward the uh, Pakistani border. And it, I mean, it, Jalalabad's kind of like Dodge City. You oh know, wow! It's, it's uh shoot them up. Yeah, it's 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 legit. It's it's a diff- Kabul's very metropolitan. I don't think Kabul's at all dangerous. It's a you can get into Kabul. I mean, people still do bad stuff in Kabul, but they mm-hmm. do bad stuff in Atlanta. So right. yeah, so there is safe places. Yeah, I think right. so. I, yeah, for me, every place is safe, but I'm different. I'm right. very different. I'm not afraid to to go anywhere. So, but Kabul's a safe place. I'd take anybody into Kabul. Okay. Just yeah. for the experience to go to Kabul, say right. you've been there, it's yeah. it's a it's a cool place, and so the Kabul Jalalabad Highway, and I'm in a van with a with a couple of guys, and and their English is weak, so uh, the guys we were there teaching leadership development at right. uh, for the government, so government was, approved uh, leadership course. So was uh, language and ever a barrier? Was communication ever a barrier? Sometimes it is. Okay. Sometimes it is because English is an international trade language. Most countries want their citizens to know English. And so, in fact, one of the things we can do is we go in and our people can teach English at the university so that they can gain that trade language, French, English, other international trade languages. And so with that being the case, you can communicate pretty good. And if not, one of them speaks good enough English to translate for everybody who doesn't. Because gotcha. you're getting off the plane not knowing any of their language, yeah, right? Yeah, I, yeah I, I never picked up much on the language. I can, yeah, I, I can smile and talk louder. Which way to the store? <laughs> 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 I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, a few things. Like, Salam alaikum, little things like greetings, phrases, and, and stuff like that. And and, what is that? It's uh, may peace be with you, gotcha. and then walaikum uh, salam is like peace be with you as well. Okay, so it's so a that, it's a greeting you give, and then and and then you give one back. So is that the equivalent to hello and goodbye? Yeah, it is. It's gotcha. a, it's a good equivalent to hey, how you doing? And 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 the extended greetings. I don't know how to do all that. I just right. like smiling way, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that. So, but we're having this conversation, and this guy says to me, um, "Do you have a book for me?" And I was like, "I I, I don't." I don't know. And he said, I had a dream and you and I were in this van and, and Isa, Jesus, Isa told me in this dream that you have a book for me hmm. and I'm okay. All right. And so I, I'm, you have to be careful with stuff like that because sometimes that's legitimate and sometimes it could, it could be a bad guy playing you, you know? Yeah. So I just, I said, uh, well, uh, I'm not sure which book you're talking about. Can you tell me more about this book you're talking about? And and he kind of mutters on a little bit, and and he and he said, uh, I, I um, it's it's the Injil, Injil. It's, it's the New Testament. It's the New Testament. It's a word for New Testament. It's Injil. And I'm like, oh boy, and you kind of swallow hard and go. Well, let's go all in, man. And uh, and I I said, I actually I do have I do have a book for you. Can can you read English? He goes, Yes, I, I can read English. So. I, I opened up my bag and I gave him my Bible. Yeah. Uh, and he said, this is the book that you gave me in my dream. Wow. I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. And so we had conversations about Isa yeah. all the way to just three hour drive to Jalalabad. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't know what he ever did with that. I have no clue what he did with that, yeah. but I gave him the book. Jesus gave me to give to him and trust that the Lord had good, like the Lord didn't invite me. He just came. Yeah. I trust yeah. the Lord 
did something in him and we'll see that on the other side yeah, yeah. which would be yeah. cool that's pretty cool Man, yeah yeah that's yeah. a crazy encounter yeah I, 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 can i tell another one yeah, yeah. Really? Okay. don't tell, stop we're listening yeah. Yeah. we're listening cool. we, we uh 2004 2004 um and on the other side kandahar so Jalalabad's east of Kabul. Kandahar is way out west, way out in the desert. And so we were there. Uh, I was at Kandahar is not that safe of a place no, either. It's, it's no. pretty dangerous. Yeah, yeah. It, it may be worse than Jalalabad. Okay. So it's uh, Mullah Omar, who's the founder of the Taliban. That's mm-hmm. his home. Oh, all right. Okay. So, okay. so are y'all purposely targeting the most dangerous <laughs> places in the Middle East? Yes. Man. <laughs> yes. Yeah, That those are things we like. If it's dangerous, that's kind of where we want to be. Yeah. And so... We're there. Uh, I'm at my purpose for being there is really pastoral. These people who are there are people. They're our folks. And so they live, work there. And so I'm there just shepherding, just loving, caring, but with a team that's actually doing physical labors, an electrician, um, and leadership development, some medical work. And I'm just shepherding. I'm being a pastor to people who are, who are part of our fellowship. So, um, we're there 14 days. It's time to go. And at that point in 2004, there's only UN flights. So it's not like you go get on Delta and go home. So there's one UN flight a week. Well, there's four of us, two in our party. We're staggered. So you have to stagger travel, trying to be safe. Don't travel in large groups. Don't draw attention to yourself. Don't be a target for the bad guys. And so, um, to get sick we got pakistani fanny so they're jacked up so uh-huh. they're tripod uh-huh. sick they're vomiting uh-huh. off the backside weeks yeah. bad stuff so got a bad bug and so they missed their flight which means the only other flights me and this other guy our flight and which meant they needed to fly they didn't need to drive they're in bad shape so they take our tickets and fly out and we're left to either wait another week or make a drive from kandahar to quetta pakistan now, Kandahar to Quetta, if you look at a map, takes you across Indian territory. I mean, you're talking about you're going you're going into the fire. There's yeah. Spinboldak and Chaman. Chaman's on the Pakistani side. Spinboldak's on the Afghan side. And there's disputed territories. So there's a lot of fire between mm. Pakistan and Afghanistan. This is our land. This is our land. And so me and this cat, we're going to be driving out. Crazy, and, yes, insane. Crazy. So we get in this we get in this this car, and uh, Mr. Mahdi who was a chokidar. Chokidar means a guard. He's a guard for, for the, the, the work there. He drives us there. We get, we grab our packs and he drops us off and we hoss it across this demilitarized zone. They take our passports. They start interrogating us, asking us oh questions, um, hold us for a little while. And we're just like, okay, Lord, we, this is our shot. We don't know what's going to happen. So Lord help us. And so long story short, they let us, Hey, this is good. Stamp our passport. Send us on. Wow. Um, and, and, uh, and so we, we start trying to find a cab and you're in a place where nobody speaks English. Well, we run upon this one guy. He has a little bit of English and this is just how God works, man. You're in stinking Pakistan now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so Lord, we got to have a, we got to have a cab. We got to get to the capital city or it's not the capital city, but it's the larger city. It's called Quetta because there's airport. We can get a flight. We can get out. And, uh, we just, the nearest cab and kind of flag him down and we're wearing the clothes that we should be wearing, not wearing Western clothes. And, but you still look like a foreigner. It's pretty clear you're a foreigner. Right. Oh, yeah. You're definitely a minority. You're definitely yeah. a minority. So he pulls up, gets us, he speaks a little bit of English. He said, where do you want to go? Just, where, do, where do you, where do you go? Where do you go? So we're, we want to go to Quetta. Okay, okay, so I'll get in. So we get in. Dude drives us to Quetta. Uh, we tell him we want to go to a travel agency, so he takes us to a travel agency. My buddy, Chad, 
he's a he he's a big tall like ginger. He's like six six ginger. I mean, he's white, white. And I in the summer I can like tan up pretty good. I had a big thick beard, little tan. And these guys are looking at our passports, and this this is when I realized as foreigners we all look the same because <laughs> they confused our stuff. Handed Chad, big tall, six foot seven ginger, yeah. handed me his passport, and I was like, "We look the same, man. This is awesome. We're minorities. This is great." And so, so we get we get to this travel agency. Chad goes in to start buying some tickets. Uh, I'm saying in the cab, I'm holding the cab because this guy speaks English. Your goal, we're willing to pay you, stay with us because we got to get from here to a hotel so that we can fly out of here tomorrow. Chances to find another one of you is pretty slim. It's pretty slim. So we're sitting there. Chad's taking a long time. And this guy turns around to me, and he says to me, "Uh, are you a pastor? And I'm going, oh, no. Oh, man. Um, You got to be careful. Like, I'm I'm bold. I'm crazy. But there's a difference between crazy and stupid. And so so I I tell him, I say, I didn't say no. I just said uh, NGO, non-government organization, NGO, because an NGO, a legitimate global impact that, we run Restoration Rome down in South Rome out of. So Global Impact, we're operating out of that for global work. And so I said, no, NGO, Global Impact, NGO. He goes, oh, okay. Time goes by again. It's maybe 15 more minutes. And he turns around and says, you pastor? And I say, NGO, NGO. So I'm getting irritated. I'm like, don't, man, don't ask me again. This is dangerous. <laughs> right. And he goes, oh, okay, okay. And he turns around a third time. This is another 15 minutes. I mean, I, I held that cab maybe an hour and a half. Yeah. On Chad's inside, and we, there's no way to communicate. We didn't have cell phones. I'm just waiting. I'm you, like, you have, no have idea they killed him? Yeah, like, they no drug idea. him off, and they're coming after me yeah. next. What's happening? He turns around a third time. He says, are you pastor? And, that man, in that moment, I could hear Peter being asked for the third time, does he know the Lord? Yeah. And And I just, in that moment, go, dude, you either believe this stuff or you don't. So suck it up and go for it and he said are you pastor and i said i'm a pastor and he goes and he turns around and he starts crying he's weeping he and he goes i pastor too oh, oh my gosh. And, and he starts telling me about their their underground fellowship and how and they are persecuted oh, they're christians yo, in pakistan yeah. they're persecuted and and he starts asking theological questions about the goodness of god the sovereignty of god pain suffering hardship and so for the rest of that time in that cab we went through the book of job and we we dealt with Satan's role, God's role, God's role in Job's suffering and the end of Job's suffering being the glory of God. And Job said in Job 42, 5, I heard you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye has seen you. So the end of it, he got to see the Lord. And this cat, man, and, and we stayed in touch for a while. Yeah. And so I don't have no clue where he is now. Yeah, that's incredible. That was 2004, but it's just one yeah, of those like, neat adventures of yeah. just following the Lord's good grace. So, and, so there's a story yeah. in the Bible. You said Peter. Ask him three times. Yeah, absolutely. That's a story in the Bible. Yeah, Jesus was arrested, and and Peter kind of follows at a distance to see what's going on. And Jesus had already told him, Peter, because Peter said, "I'll die with you. I'll go. I'll go to the cross with you." And Jesus said, "Peter, before the before this is all over, before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times." Mm. While he's watching Jesus trial, and and they said, "Hey, you you sound like one of them." Hit, those hit Galilee Galileans, man, you got an accent. You must be with Jesus. No, I don't know who he is. Mm. And then again, hey, you have to be with one of him. I think I saw you. He said, no, I don't know who he is. And the third time he called down curses. and Dad, flipping, I don't know who the man is. And Jesus turns and looks at him and he remembered Jesus' word. And he went out and John, I think the gospel of John said he went out and wept. And so when he asked me that third time, I'm like, dude, you can't. 
Don't go there. Yeah. Do not yeah. go there. Right. Just suck it up. They get you, they get you. Dude, you just get, I got cold <laughs> chills. Right. so right. bad. Right. Man, it's crazy. It's better to be got by them than to be got by, by Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> That's right. what I was right. saying at the right. moment. Right. I don't right. want to be that guy. No, right. no doubt. Yeah. That's, That's, that was fun. Heavy. That's awesome. That's yeah, it was a good time, man. No, it, it, I mean, I guess that was pretty dangerous, but it, it, were you ever in a situation to where you were like, I, had to see, I don't know if I'm gonna come home. I don't know if I'm gonna make it home on this one. I, I would say I've never, I've never been in a place where I really, really thought uh, that that this might be it. There were some times where it was pretty tense. The crossing the border was a little but, bit of a challenge. There was never a time I regret. No, never, never. I, now, Mm-mm. did you ever sit down and eat dinner and look across from you and go? I never in a million years would think this person would be sitting across from me. I would be eating dinner with this people, with this person. Yeah, every single time. I, I think back to barely getting out of high school, learning I have learning disability, and learning that I've got an academic bug. I, mean, I go from not being able to read to being an educator and having a master's degree, and and then I'm sitting here in this country from these people. It's it's every single time yeah. that that I go that. I mean, a little Silver Creek, Pine Ridge Drive kid who couldn't read, and here I am sitting across from the governor of the province of Kandahar. Yeah. That's the craziest thing I've ever It is. It's it's unreal. It's cool. And it's just the power of the gospel to take, you know, I I think there's a value. There seems to be a value that um, our world values shiny things. Yeah. Things that are astute, things that are big and, and, and powerful. And the Bible's very clear that God takes the weak things to shame the strong. Because that's how the kingdom works. Jesus doesn't pick the best. He picks the least so that it's evident that it's him. So when I'm in those moments, I remember you're the dyslexic kid. It's not you. It's the Lord taking you and exalting himself through you. Using, using you as a vessel. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show this all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. So it's a humbling moment, but it's like, this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> this is dang cool. It's right. a lot of fun, man. It's good. When's the last time you've been? Um, I haven't been to Afghanistan since 2014. Okay. I've been, uh, there's been a lot of other work in uh, India up mm-hmm. in the north in this region called Ladakh, which is in the Himalayas. And uh, we got a friend there that, that lives and works there. He's actually, um, his name is Gulzar Hussein. And uh, and he runs an actual. Uh, he's he's from that region, uh, and he runs a, an outfitter, Snowbird Himalaya Outfitters. And you want a cool trip? Yeah. You want to drop some coin? I could connect you to Gulzar and a motorcycle trip through the Himalayas, where a multiple day where you camp, and then rather than backpack, bless a lot of work. I've done, that's that's rough at, yeah, at twenty thousand yeah. feet backpacking. That's rough. I'm not made for that. I mean, that's, that's rough. I mean, man. correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure they have tigers. <laughs> that will. Yeah, I, I'm not there. Not there. Okay. No, not there. Which is good. Oh which yeah, is good, but yeah. they have altitude that will chew you up. Show this is you why today. it's better to yeah. ride a motorcycle. Yes, agree. They do motorcycle tours, dude. I'm telling you, it's the coolest trip ever. But Gulzar does a ton of good work up in there. I mean, there's people never had access to the gospel, never heard the name Jesus, no Bibles, nothing. And so, you and you know, just got in there. Yeah, just get doing in there. Doing your thing. Yeah, doing your thing. It, it's that you got a legitimate vocation. Mm-hmm. And ghouls are just, man. So we go over, we actually go over and go do fun stuff. And mm-hmm. while we're doing fun stuff, take the good news. Yeah, man. It's fun, dude. It's yeah. good. So, Indian Turkey's been the past few years. Okay. And so, uh, how open are they to uh, listening to you? 
I have never had. I mean, there's every now and then somebody who, of course, yeah. yeah that, but by and large, nobody except for here. People are weird about talking about Jesus here, but there, people always want to talk about Jesus. They're intrigued by it's Jesus. Not in the states. Yeah, not in the states. That's so I have better conversations here in town with our Muslim, our Muslim population in town. Mm. Uh, the Imam at the Islamic Center in town's a friend. I've had him to my church to to talk about Islam and Christianity, and yeah. um, not in the worship service, but we'll have a special time, and he can, and I let him. Hey, teach us. And we're but, going to ask you questions. And I would so, love to hear yeah. that. Yeah, it's cool. Next and, time he's there, he was actually scheduled. Uh, it's like the middle of March, and the daggum Rona hit. And that had to get canceled. The Rona, right. the Rona. I would love to hear. Yeah, next time he's there, get you to come. Yeah, up. he's right there, right down from. Uh, yeah, right there on Shorter Avenue. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I don't know exactly where it's at. Yeah, that's right. Nadim Hamid is his name. He's a good guy. He's a professor at Barry, and really? uh, he's computer science. He's tenured professor at Barry Computer Science. He's Pakistani American. And uh good dude, man. He's a brilliant scholar. And so uh yeah, love talking to him. And he and it's Muslims love to talk about Jesus. They respect Jesus. They just don't believe he's God. So Right. And they want me to pray the Shahada and I want to baptize them. I tell them, Nadim, I want to baptize you. I want you to believe in Jesus. Says, no, it will never happen. I want you to pray the Shahada. I'm like, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> what is it about the people that um they just almost like they don't listen to you or that maybe they don't fully understand. You know, like, uh, how does that, you know, what is it about them or how do you, how do you go about approaching those people? You're talking about our, I'm a Muslim friends or people right. here in Rome. Well, um, just in general. Right. You know, I guess. I, I, for me, it's very relational. Um, I look for opportunity just anytime somebody wants to have any kind of conversation, religious conversation, religious dialogue, and just love to bring up Jesus. Right. You know, that's just my heart because of what, what he did for me. Um, I want people to know he can do that for them. So I look for any relational opportunity to take a conversation and talk about about Jesus. Yeah. Because right. there's not much in life that doesn't have some spiritual connotation. I mean, Brian the other day that was full of spiritual connotation there were five million biblical metaphors in his experience oh, i'm yeah. sitting there like Absolutely. unpacking yeah. that yeah. like some of the stuff dude was seeing i'm like that's ezekiel one that i mean I don't, I don't think he was thinking ezekiel one I yeah know, but i'm like that's the vision ezekiel had when he saw the lord exalted in ezekiel chapter right. one what he was describing i was seeing ezekiel yeah. one and and so i and was the, sitting there trying to i was like I got to tell this guy about Jesus. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. like, Dude, I know Jesus. I'm like, we disagree, but this is okay. And, but, uh, but I take that kind of yeah. stuff and I say, let's have a conversation about that. Yeah. Right. A question I have for you and uh, something that's um, something I'm pretty curious about. Um, do you think that psychedelic psychedelics or uh, any psychoactive substances have a, uh, a correlation to religion? Boy, that's a good question. Right. Uh, listening to that podcast, I, that that's just a good question. I don't know. Yeah, M my hunch is uh, probably not. Okay. I, I don't know the effect of drugs on like because God made the brain. The brain works a certain way. It's right. it's electric. Right. It's ne neurolog the neurological duh. Right. That's what neurolog. But there's the electricity. There's all this stuff happening, and, mm -hmm. and I don't know what a drug does to the brain. Right. Not a neuroscientist, but I can imagine that the effect it has on the brain causes you to see and feel certain things, you mm -hmm. know. And so I, I don't know. I really don't know. I, it, well, and the the other side of that would be okay. Well, God also made that mushroom. God also made that bush that DMT is made from. Uh, you know, God also made. You know, we're not talking about 
right something made chemically right so yeah yeah i mean there's different ways of looking at it. and i'm not saying sure. i'm not saying right or wrong on it yeah. i mean i, I don't, don't i don't know. know either yeah and i asked somebody that i trust a lot I'm not gonna name names but i i trust him a lot and he's he's very spiritual it was the guy from aladdin's castle wasn't it that was it was, <laughs> it was actually his name was kumar was i remember actually. it really was it was actually well i asked him about it i said you know what did you think about that and i thought his take was pretty interesting he said you know he said i don't have a problem with it he goes whatever it takes to get you there yeah to get you in that spiritual place he goes the only problem i have with it is you can't rely on that to get you in that spiritual place, right. yeah. and you can't let that you, that right. that can't be your always your outlet to get you in that spiritual place. Yeah. He said, but if that's what it takes to get you into a spiritual place and right. get to know God, then I, right. He, so, he did. Yeah. He did. He didn't say he was all for it. Sure. Yeah. And, and but he all, but he also understood it. Right. I think I think one of the things Christians we have in a robust theology of is 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 demonic activity, um, and uh, it's a fascinating thing because. Um, the experience of that for me is different here than it is in Africa. I've done significant work in Africa. I've taught systematic theology courses in, in, in uh, Central Africa um, to pastors. And my experience in Africa is different than Afghanistan, than India, than the States. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with the worldview of the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Satan's an intelligent creature. He's not equal with God. He's a creature made by God. God rules over him. But there's a period of time where he's kind of running running some stuff until yeah. the Lord's going to crush that. Um, and, and, and all that to say there are places where that is so robust and real. That's audible. Mm-hmm. And that's an experience I've had crazy stuff. And my curiosity or maybe caution is the connection between certain chemicals and, and possibly uh, a counterfeit experience that that's maybe the fear takes of the place of what Jesus can do without the use of that. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the fear of it. Is it, you yeah. know, or, are you thinking it's a spiritual yeah. experience and it's really not? Yeah, you know? that's yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. Because he, you know, the Bible talks about Satan's a deceiver. Yeah. Right. And so I'm careful about anything that mm-hmm. may take me to Jesus other than Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I understand that completely. Yeah. That's why I love doing what we're doing is because we, I love to hear great stories and I love to tell stories. And, and this gives us a. a I love a, to hear stories. Yeah. yeah so this thing, this, this allows us to you know, reach out. We, we can, we can talk to people with, with yeah. so many, so many different views and so, well, it's, 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 it's real share. talk. So it's, it's real. I yeah. just like yeah. to it's put real myself talk. in it's, other people's shoes. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah uh, man. So you're pretty much saying that you feel that the use of those substances is almost playing God in a way saying that, uh, I think it's, uh, uh, I think it could be a way to manipulate God into right. something that God's sovereign and God doesn't need those things. I and see where he can make himself now. known without that. Yeah. And so I don't have to manipulate him. He's yeah. not a genie in a bottle and I use a tool to get him to do something right. that I want him to do. I pray yeah. and I ask him. Mm-hmm. He's the sovereign creator of the universe and I honor that by not trying to manipulate him but simply come to him in faith and say, Lord, here's my need. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And wait on him to supply that. Yeah. I got you. I just find it so interesting how people... um while they're under the influence of those substances, talk about meeting entities and yeah. and things like that. Yeah, it's just um, 
It's fascinating. So, it's fascinating. Yeah. There's so much mystery well, behind it. The spiritual world's real. Well, yeah. yeah, and there's the unknown. And and I guess that's the scary part. It's just sure. unknown. Yeah. You know, there's things we know and things we don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've long passed the whole naturalistic worldview where, you know, we still have leftover pieces of that where the created world or the natural world is all there is. Mm-hmm. That's so dead and gone from a worldview perspective. Uh, everybody knows there's not much to that because if it's just the big dirt nap, that's kind of hopeless. Let's just end it now. Yeah. Right? Let's, but but the reality is there is a spiritual world. Right. And it's full of real things that really yeah. affect us. And so, I mean, the Bible presents it as two teams. In Genesis 3, it's the, the descendants of the woman or the descendants of the serpent. Mm-hmm. Those are the two teams. You're on one of those two teams. Yeah. Right. And and those two teams are, and one of them is vying for evil. Yeah. Right? And, and so I'm careful about what I let myself, because I've seen evil ugly evil and it's real yeah um and so i'm just careful about playing with that world right so um, it's like um when we die it's like a uh, dmt is endogenous mm-hmm. in our bodies and it's uh said to believe that when we die we have a giant dump of dmt and um when people smoke dmt or, or take in dmt that's like it's like they're experiencing death you know mm-hmm. um everything uh everything that they consider to be reality just dissolves so um and you're talking about the spiritual world that that could be yeah. where we go when we die. Very truly, you know. Yeah, it, it, the Bible teaches that when we die, if we're in Christ, we go to be with Christ until right. the resurrection, when He will fully establish His kingdom here on this earth with everything mm-hmm. brand new, or we go um, to the place created for Satan and his angels. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I don't know how I get there. I don't know what that's going to be like. I don't want to experience it soon. Yeah, <laughs> I want that to be quite a few years from now. Same here. <laughs> let's party here a little bit yeah, longer. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of happy with let's, life. This let's, is good. Let's, let's yeah. watch, see how the college football season ends <laughs> up. <laughs> can, can Georgia get one more national one championship more. before Just this happens? One more. <laughs> give us till February, God. Yeah. Just give us one more football season. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, Mitchell, Please, God. look, man, I want to thank you so much. Uh, you know, for coming in and taking your time out of your busy schedule and talking to us. Hey, my pleasure. Uh, and I'd love to do it again. I enjoyed it. We yeah. can we can come together on some other things. Um, we will add you to the list of repeat offenders, hopefully, <laughs> and uh, have you. Hopefully, in. that's the only time I'm called a repeat yeah. offender. <laughs> yeah. So, so we would. We're going to give you a bad name. Just we, you know. we would love to have you as a repeat offender, Dude, uh, and so right. we'll try to figure out something. But now, what we're going to try to do, mm. if I can do it correctly, is. Get are you Mitchell Jolly? Are you ready for ten random questions? Let's do it. Ten <laughs> random questions. All yes. right. Mitchell Jolly, these are ten random questions. I need a yes or no. You have one mulligan, which you can use as a no comment. Okay? I love it. Okay. But uh, we would really like for you to answer every single one of them. So. Right, let's do it. All right, man. ten random questions. Uh, questions. Right. If you can we, handle the Middle East, you if, can handle ten questions. I can handle it, man. No <laughs> fear, baby. If you can handle my lazy tongue today, I can't even talk. <laughs> Here we go. Again, right. real talk. Ten random questions. Who has better public fights, Walmart or Popeye's Chicken? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen more Walmart fights than Popeye's, so I'm going to go with Walmart. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, is Chick-fil-A truly the Lord's Chicken? Yes. I believe that. Um, if there was one menu on the item, or one item on the menu at Chick-fil-A that was took away, what should they bring back? Carrot raisin salad. Carrot raisin salad was so good. It was the stuff, man. Chicken salad sandwich was mine. I'm, mm. I was what I would have. Chicken Q. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> do you still have nightmares about Coach Honeycutt's topping class? <laughs> 
Yes. Yeah. What was the saying? Jolly! What was the... Uh, top? Wait, no, pork chop, pork, pork chop, chop, greasy, greasy. greasy. Top and <laughs> one is easy, easy. easy. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's or, right. Or the best one is when you when you don't hear return and it beeps. He goes, you know what it says every time it beeps? It goes, dummy, dummy, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. I hope Jeff and Greg oh. listens to this. This is uh, the oh, best thing ever. That's awesome. Uh, what is something that you enjoy that others may seem odd, think it's odd? Something I enjoy that others think is odd. Oh, gosh. Um, having teenage boys, I don't enjoy much right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm spending my time going to football games and, and doing all that stuff. Uh, it, it, it might be um, I enjoy – uh, I greatly enjoy Jameson. Okay, all and right. Sometimes people in my world think that's weird. Okay, all right. No, that's your. I'm no, not that's... a lush. I'm not a lush. No, no, but, no. There's but, nothing. Yeah, there's uh, nothing. Yeah, nothing that's that's wrong. great. That's, yeah, by the way, that is, that is that is that's good stuff. That, that's very. I'm, good I'm gonna stuff. say it's not odd. But that is, that's stylish. <laughs> Shame that's on right. anybody who thinks it's odd. All yeah, right, here we go. That's right. If we were in a war and you had to get with a group of folks to go to war with, uh, would you rather go to war with the Wolverines from Red Dawn, Tom Hanks and his regimen, Saving Private Ryan, or Quentin Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards? Oh, I'm going Tarantino, yeah, man. That's yeah, right. Dude, yeah, yeah that's undefeated. Got me some Nazis. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yes, Killing sir. Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, will Georgia ever win another Natty? Yes. Yeah, they will. It will be this year. Yeah. Mm. God, so. <laughs> With a new quarterback? God, I, I so. think so. Do we even have a well, name? That's ballsy. Do we have a name for that guy yet? <laughs> that is ballsy, man. Dude, I'm telling you. With a new you, quarterback. I'm telling you, Dwan Mathis is a gem, and Car- and uh, not Carson Beck, but uh, JT Daniels. If that knee's healthy, yeah. air raid is going to absolutely obliterate people. That With that elite defense, this, uh, man, I'm right there with this you. Hey, pour me another glass of that Kool Aid. <laughs> good that for you, man. Good for you. I, you know, that's right. I say that every year, though. I'm, I'm hopelessly a homer, man. Oh, yes, man. Same here. Does that got anything to do with Natty Ice? It does not, <laughs> or Matty Ice, for that for that matter. So, um, uh, Mitchell Jolly, what is your jam? My jam is probably look at my Amazon right now. It's Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors okay. into the world. I don't know that, but hey, I'm going to have to listen to it. Hey, it's the end of the world now, haven't you heard? So smoke them if you got them, boys. you got to check no, that out. Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. Okay, we got to shout out for Drew the world. Holcomb and the Neighbors. We have Dude, to listen I'm, to that. you got to listen to that, man. That's <laughs> legit. Because like, it feels like the Rona, man. Like, uh, just everything's screwed up. So that's my song right now. Gotcha. Is there ever a point in your life when you sit alone to yourself and think about the 1990 Purple Dragons State Championship and just start singing Friends in Low Places or Can't Touch This. <laughs> can't Touch This. There's not too many weeks I don't pull up that uh, Channel 5 out of Atlanta video <laughs> oh, yeah. with uh, oh, Rusty yeah. and Scott yeah, Crabb yeah, and Ken yeah. Irvin. Brandon Davis. Yeah, Brandon Fr- Fletcher. Yeah, yeah, Frankie. That's right. That, Look, yeah. And I say that because when if they told us, you know, this game's going to sell. It's going to be huge, which it was. It was humongous. And yeah, you, you had to get there early and get you a seat. So we got there. And the only two freaking songs they played <laughs> two hours before the game, every, you know, back to back 
was <laughs> Renzo places and can't touch. Them. Yes, sir. Well, and at home they played because uh, we were wearing uh, black on black. It's yeah, back in black. Back in black. We yeah. were because I remember sitting like we'd be in the end zone warming oh, yeah. up. Andrew was a part of that nineteen ninety championship yeah. team. Well, you... I was I dressed out, but I, I, I was a sophomore. <laughs> you were a sophomore. Yeah, I got beat up by those guys you saw on the on the field. They were, you know, I had a I had the job of you know yeah. blocking that defense, trying Ooh. to block that defense as a sophomore that nobody in the state could block. Bo Payne. was not a good time. Tony I was Hall. a center. No, no, no. I was a center on Ooh. the scout team. Oh, my. So I got to block Bo Payne. Bo Payne. Ooh. And, yeah. That's that's rough. And yeah. then, you know, Tony Hall would decide he wanted to shoot a gap, and I had to try to stop him. No, and no. I'm thinking to myself, and Coach Honeycutt would get mad at me because I can't block Bo Payne and, and Tony Hall. Tony. Doing, and I'm thinking to myself, Coach <laughs> – have you not seen any games we played? Nobody is stopping those guys. Right. No, it was yeah, that was must have been an honorary position you held there, Andy. No, it was I was a tackling dummy. Exactly <laughs> <what it was. laughs> That's right. And, and years later, Andy would find out that he had a serious brain injury. Oh my god. <laughs> from playing Those guys high school were football. <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun, but it was brutal. All right, last but, last but not least, number ten. If you could make one change in the world that would make an immediate impact on it, what would it be? that we could have legitimate public square dialogue and disagree and not hate each other. Oh, man, that's a good one. Amen. We need that. We need it bad. So we need it bad. We can disagree. We can actually highlight our differences and not minimize them and not pretend like we all think the same thing, but still love each other well. I think that's totally possible. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I think we'd be a lot better and be in a lot better place if we could do it. Absolutely. I think you're proving it with your uh, relationship with the Muslim church. Absolutely. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah. I, it's possible, and yeah. we can say, "I want to baptize you," and we can love each other, yeah. even though you won't receive what I got to say, even though you're wrong. <laughs> right? <laughs> even though you're wrong. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah, Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Mitchell. Thank you so much again, man. I really do appreciate your time. Thanks man, for it having was me. A lot of fun. Love you, man. Let's do it again. Yeah, love you Mitch, guys. Go get a Chick Fil A soon, dude. Let's do it. Thanks for having me. It's been a joy. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it, y'all. It's good, man. All thank right, you, Mitch. We're gonna be getting out of here. A couple of things I want to go over. Uh, we had teased this on the internet. It is true. It's gonna happen. Uh, Cigar Store Idiots are headed to Athens, Georgia to interview uh, Spike Bukowski of uh, Terrapin. He is one of the Terrapin Brewery. Terrapin Brewery. He, this guy is Mr. Terrapin. So when you think of Terrapin, he is responsible. We are, we are stoked about it, excited about it. So we're taking the show on the road, headed to Athens, going, again, going to God's country. And, uh, and it's it should be a good time. Should be a good time. Uh, you guys tune in. Thank you again for uh, spending your evening with us, and uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you all soon. Thanks a lot, everybody. Uh, take care. Have a good evening. Have a good one. Thank you.